I realized the way if you like live in a rich and like a wealthy school zone, which we just happen to do in our like rental, you the way that you can become rich. This is like the American dream that I realized. It's through public schools, basically. It's like you put your kid in this school that is in like a wealthy school zone. Then he grows up around a bunch of rich kids and they go on this boats. Is, this and have... is not true. <laughs> this doesn't work this way. No, I think this is like a good backdoor way to become. You know, it's not rich. like going to Harvard is a little different than going to um, high school in the OC. Yeah, but like it's not it's not just the OC. It's Laguna Beach, you know. And like the school zone we live in is like rich kid central. So that's how I'm going to infiltrate wealthy society well, is through my child. These people aren't well, this, that's not wealthy society. I hate to break it to you. Well, if it, but if it's a school zone in a rich area, public school zone, then they're, they're not going to do private schools because they, th- how much money do you think a rich person has? million dollars <laughs> so a homeowner in california is a rich person uh yeah okay it's like rich people consider i think the you're not considered rich till you have like 26 million dollars according to like some bank I, I read about this like one bank where they talked about like what's the threshold for when they start treating you very differently and it's like 26 million dollars and like in investment money. Everybody else so, is working class, the proletariat. Well, you're not working class, but you're just like upper middle class. You know, yeah, you're just a homeowner kind of in LA useless. and you're kind of stretched, you know, you have you probably have a huge mortgage. Yeah, that's not you're not rich if you have a mortgage. But you, you know you what have, I mean? Like, but your plan is terrible and <laughs> you've told me this already and it's oh, I have. work. Yeah. Well that's all I your got. Your theory is awful. That's the only way I can think about of to how to get rich. And then your kid's going to, and what, your kid's going to be rich? That doesn't mean you're going to be rich. Yeah, I'm gonna, and he's going to love me, so he's going to take care of me when I get older. This is my plan. It's a long con. Do you take care of your parents? <laughs> well, I'm not rich. See? Get what I'm saying? Well, yeah, now are you seeing like my, you, my great idea? It sounds like you didn't grow up with money, and you don't understand money, and uh, I feel bad for you. <laughs> The only thing I know about rich people is that they do not want to give anybody else anything. That's the only thing I know from my interactions with the rich people. And that's how your son's going to treat you. They're not going to want to give you anything. They're going to be like, sorry, dad, you should have uh, saved more money growing up. That's one thing I learned from all my rich high school friends. Fuck, that would suck if that happened in 18 years. If you want your kid to be rich, you got to get him into Harvard or Yale. Like You have to get him into an Ivy League school. Or they can join the CIA. Mm, that sounds good. Like that movie, The Good Shepherd. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. I'll do that. So you better teach your kid violin now. Yeah. I know I'm he's like what, a couple mom. weeks old. A couple weeks old. Yeah. You got to get your kid into Harvard. Yeah. Okay. That's my goal. But yeah. It's going good. I'm On, not tired. So you sleeping a lot? He's doing okay, actually, but man, sometimes it sucks. Uh, how's, your, how's your movie watching rate? <laughs> well, it's, watch go- movie? it's going okay, actually, because there's time, you know, you're just kind of sitting there. Like if he's down for a nap, I'm not really a napper. So like I have a little bit of movie watching time during the day and 
Yeah. So I've been kind of, I've been fleshing out my, my Jackie Chan filmography a little bit in preparation for this, uh, this episode, which is going to be incredible. I can already tell. Yeah. Rumble in the Bronx. Hell yeah. It's the big movie. Yeah. So Um, what was, when did you first see this movie when it came out? Of course. I remember the trailer, the preview was uh, narrated by Ben Stein. He's like, this is Jackie Chan. He does his own stunts. And I was like, oh man, this is fucking amazing looking. So yeah, I remember going to see it in the theater and the rest is history. So when this movie came out, it was a very clever marketing scheme. The Weinsteins came up with. So no, it's, it's new line cinema. I thought, Oh yeah. It's not Miramax. Well, there's something going going on because I assumed it was the Weinsteins because, uh, Tarantino, um, in 95, like a year after Pulp Fiction, you know, he was famous and they're like, how are we going to get him at the MTV movie awards? So they gave Jackie Chan the lifetime achievement award. And Tarantino (laughs) came out and he gave a big speech saying like, Jackie Chan's so cool. He does all his own stunts. This guy's awesome. And then Jackie Chan came out. He's like, thank you, everybody. And like, he gave a speech and I was like, who the hell is Jackie Chan? Because I was like 12 years old. Yeah. And then within a few weeks, the Rumble in the Bronx, the trailer came out. So it was all very timed. And yeah. I mean, I guess, okay, so here's the thing. MTV, oh, they're a Viacom company. Yeah, so there wasn't really any synergy, but it was just like, I think it was just to get Tarantino on the MTV Movie Awards was the reason why Jackie Chan got the Lifetime Achievement Award. Don't take that away from him, man. Well, he He the other thing Jackie Chan said was, I'm very young. I don't know why I'm getting the Lifetime Achievement Award. Honestly, he didn't know what he was saying, if it was in English. He was, so you think he, he was got the M- phonetically reciting? You don't think speech. it's a coincidence that he got the E, or you don't think it was planned that he got the MTV Movie Award before his big movie was about to come out in America? No, no. He was so big on MTV. <laughs> they loved Drunken Master and Police Story, and well, this was uh, the third time, you know, that he tried to do the, to break into the American audiences and stuff. So. Maybe he was just like, we got to fucking do everything we can because I'm 40 now. So yeah, it was a, it was a smart idea and it worked. Yeah. And it made him famous. That's what I'm saying. Like it actually, and, if you want to, like this, uh, this movie was pushed really hard on MTV. And uh, damn, I, I, I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah. So that was like that was the, um, that was what was going on. Okay. Okay. So you're the guy that you liked is the reason why the guy that I liked became. Well, and then the other thing going on in 95 is that the Hong Kong changeover was about to happen going back to China. That happened in 97. Mm. So uh, in 95, John Wu, Chow Yun-Fat, Jackie Chan, the biggest players in the Hong Kong market, they came to America and then like Michelle Yeoh, Right. After, uh, you know, after super cop came out, wait, was that like an embargo he, sort of shit? Like, like why did they, why did they wait? Till well, they wanted happened? to, they wanted to get out of, they didn't want to. So Hong Kong was fully independent, British ruled essentially, but fully independent democracy. And in 97, they were going back to 
being ruled by China. And for a good 20 years or so, they had some autonomy, but in the last three years, that's when like the crackdown yeah. started. And like just now, like a bunch of democratically elected Hong Kong politicians were just like arrested, I think, in the last few weeks. So Yeah, I'm laughing becoming- because it's funny that Jackie Chan is like on the side of the Chinese government. Well, he went back, he joined back with China. I mean, he, yeah. he, he did the American thing for a while, but you know, that's the writings on the wall. Like China is definitely going to take over Hong Kong. China is probably going to take over Taiwan. That's what they're gearing up to do. Um, Damn. I mean, yeah, China's going to be like ruling the world in the next century or whatever. Yeah. So um, it was a, they tried to get out of, they tried to get out and go to America, but in the long run, John Woo, Chow Yun-Fat, they eventually, you know, a couple of bad projects, a couple of bombs. Yeah. Now get the fuck out of here. They're all making movies in China again. Yeah. No, I love this then, late, late in life turn that Jackie's made of being like this Chinese nationalist. And also, yeah, he was in the Panama Papers, which I thought was funny. Um, yeah. He's extremely wealthy. Yeah. Um, and also he, uh, um, his son got, a uh, went to jail for smoking weed and he was like, supported that. He was like glad that his son got sent to jail for smoking weed. Yeah. He has to, he can't, he can't say anything bad about the government and, or he can't make a movie ever again. Mm. They'll also just, they will just take the money out of your bank account in China the government will just take the money out. They don't, it's a full on, you know, um, dictatorship at this fucked point. up. Well, I think he should come back. I think Americans would welcome him back with open arms. I heard a thing recently that he like admitted that he slept with like hundreds of prostitutes. Prostitutes. Yeah. And it's an autobiography. <laughs> Jackie Chan said like, he just fucked a ton of prostitutes. He prostitutes. Why prostitutes? They wouldn't well, fuck him. Just, because he was Jackie Chan, he had to still pay for it. You don't have Adam. You don't have sex with prostitutes because you can't get laid. Oh, you, you have just... sex with prostitutes so they go away after you're done. I see. That's what uh, Charlie Sheen said. He's like, I don't pay up prostitutes to sleep with me. I pay them to leave. Oh, damn. But yeah, so in his upcoming memoir, Never Grow Up, his fans will likely be shocked to learn that the action star once threw another toddler, his own son, JC, across the room during an argument with his wife. So that's one big detail in this memoir. Nice, nice. And then, according to excerpts published in the Daily Mail, he used to visit prostitutes and drive even when he was drunk. Once he crashed a Porsche in the morning in a Mercedes-Benz later at night. So yeah, I mean, look, he's just doing his thing. Yeah, he's fucking If awesome. he's got to sell out his son to the government, then he'll sell out his son to the government. And... That's the thing. That's Jackie Chan is a sellout, you know, and the reason why he'll never be as respected as Bruce Lee is because Bruce Lee stood up to the triad and he got killed for it. You know, even uh, though Jackie Chan's movies wait, are, hold on. What do you mean he got killed for it? Even though Jackie Chan's movies are the highest grossing action movies in Hong Kong and Chinese history, Bruce Lee will always be number one. Thank you. I, what do you mean he got killed by the triads? That's that's the rumor I learned in eighth no. grade. <laughs> okay, I see. Because <laughs> what actually happened was he was doing good mornings, which is like a uh, a barbell exercise, and he like pulled his back, and then he overdosed on like Percocets or something like that. 
That's what the triad told you. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I'm, yeah, Jackie, I'm excited. I want to read this new bo- uh, book that he's Memoir. coming out with. Hell yeah. I read the one when I was a kid. I read the first one called I Am Jackie Chan, <laughs> but it didn't have anything like this. So, yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big Jackie Chan fan. Like, I've always found his like good natured silliness to be very off putting. And even though he's enormously talented, I wait, why is I it prefer- off putting to you? Because, you know, like when people say, like, oh, this person's likable, I hate that. Because you think it's covering up that they no, fuck I thousands just find of it- prostitutes and through their song that makes me that, that i find likable i just don't <laughs> like i just don't like nice people like i watched uh the new tom hanks movie news of the world yeah and he's just this is his career in the wild west he goes from town to town reading the newspaper informing <laughs> you know the ignorant rednecks and all these like bodunk fuck off towns in texas and it's like oh what a good guy and i was just like this sucks yeah, well, that sounds like these movies are so much better when you have like a murderer or an angry person. Yeah, but Jackie's um, persona bad actor. I mean, what's that? He's a bad actor. She's an incredible actor, especially when he has to speak English. I think that really brings out his his thespian chops. But well, you know, like he grew up in the uh, the opera school. And so he does like, he's like a street, he's like a performer. Like he's not like a martial artist or, I mean, he is of course, but like not in the way that Bruce Lee is. He's more of like a acrobat and like a clown acrobat. And I know you, you tend to like, (laughs) like you like Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton and stuff, right? Like you like, you like that the spectacle of like, look at all the, look at this room. It's all, everything's like getting knocked around and the guy's doing like loop-de-loops. Yeah, that's cool. Jumping around. He, oh, he jumped through a shopping cart. That's wow. heroin to me. I like Bruce Lee because Bruce Lee is just pissed all the time. He's I just so don't angry. Think he, I just don't think his movies are, I don't think the f- action is that good in his movies. His, his, in his few movies well, that he was able to make. Unfortunately, that's, he died early and he never got to and all the innovations that occurred later on, yeah, he could not participate in. It's like he's, it's like a guitarist who died in the in the early '60s. It's like, oh, he, he'll never. You never got to hear the cool '70s, '80s production advances with their work. Yeah, but Jackie and, and Sammo Hung and stuff, they did. They were the. I think. I mean, I'm just. I don't know if this is true, but uh, like they were the ones to figure out like the to like figure out how to shoot their fights and stuff and like they they made their fights better over their course of their movies and like they they got to the point where they were at where these fights are like fucking amazing and like really fast and like you really feel the hits and like because they did like like i watched uh i watched the how many movies did jackie chan make before rumble in the bronx of course uh but 15 movies 20 movies yeah i mean at least um, i mean he's in he's in fist of fury with bruce lee like he's one of the stuntmen i think he's in so another track he's in a he's in two bruce lee movies as a stuntman yeah and so basically what the way it worked was they had like if you were a stuntman in china you were employed year-round 
Mm-hmm. And whenever they whenever they needed a, a bunch of stuntmen, they were just ready to go. So the same people are in all the same movies. Like, yeah. you'll see the same guy in like City on Fire and Hard Boiled and The yeah, Cat cool. or like that's Ricky like, the union like they're bit. just popping up. Exactly. So they're really they're just the whole system got better. So Bruce, I'm just saying Bruce Lee died at the beginning and they were kind of lost for a few years in terms of looking for a new star. And they kept trying to copy Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan. He was smart. And he was like, look, I'm not going to be Bruce Lee. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be scared. I'm going to be funny. I'm going to be different. Yeah. And that allowed the eighties to like move on past Jackie Chan. But all these fight innovations, all these, yeah, all these, all these amazing things they started doing in the eighties and nineties, like that was just part of the continuation. Okay. Okay. And I think if Bruce Lee was alive, he would have, you know, he would have kept up. That would have been cool. Yeah. And he would have been cool. He would have been cooler than Jackie Chan. That's Jackie Chan's not trying to be cool. He's trying to be funny. That's what I don't like. I appreciate funny. I mean, he, and then when he's funny, he's not funny in the right way. No, Jackie like the Chan funniest can be thing, very funny, here's, I think. What do, you think is the fu- <laughs> what do you think is the funniest moment in Rumble in the Bronx? Oh, man. Honestly, this movie is fucking hilarious, I think. But part of uh, like a big pick reason your, your for favorite. that is the, the dubbing is incredible. Um, the funniest thing in Rumble in the Bronx, maybe when he gets uh, almost beaten to death by a bunch of bottles in an alley. No, I don't know. Like You said he's hilarious. So, Adam, tell me what scene <laughs> is hilarious. Um, when he gives yeah. the little kid a uh, game gear that has no game in it, See, well, this, you like keep saying, I, you keep listing mistakes, and that's I, the thing. He's fun. The funniest thing in the entire movie, in my opinion, is the outfit he's wearing when he jumps out the window while the motorcycle race is going on. Yeah, he's the, sleeping the in a in a onesie, and he yeah, looks like he looks ridiculous and they don't even make a joke out of it they don't even understand that's a joke yeah it's just like oh that's it's not like anyone goes these gangsters are like oh my god look at what you're wearing dude you look like a fucking idiot (laughs) you know like they don't every almost everything that's funny in this movie is a mistake or it's a it's part of or it's not a mistake it's like part of the cultural translation getting messed getting messed up so He's really not that funny. They're just kind of, he's like a, like, he's like a goof. Yeah. It's a goof. I mean, you know, maybe but we'll see what happens when we, when we go through it a little bit more, but I'm a little, well, you can that. think, you can think about it, but tell me if you really think if there's a scene that is truly funny, that's on purpose. What about the scene where the two way mirror? So that scene, I would say, was not funny, but I would say that was the most Great. cinematic scene in the movie. That was like, I thought that was the most interesting. I thought that was the best, like one of the best cinema, like the way the setup was very organic. You know, he's on the other side of a two-way mirror. Yes. Or a one-way mirror, whatever the fuck it's called. And, you know, he's looking goofy. The girl's laughing at him. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, this is good setup because then the next, I know this is going to be used again. They're just setting this up. And of course, it's just a well-built totally vi- little gag. And then it pays off with him seeing the robbers. You know, honestly, yeah, of course. Uh, honestly, though, 
in police story he i would say he's funny like genuinely funny in police story i can't think what of part? the stuff of it like you know that, that scene where he's doing with the phones uh or like when when he's uh what, what's coming to mind is like when he's like do, taking pictures after the big after he does his big hero thing at the beginning and he's like a, a hot shit now he's like taking pictures on a bike on a motorcycle and like pointing and like posing for it and stuff like it's done up it's funny i mean it's not yeah, like i mean i think i think police stories his best movie yeah and course. he also directed it of course um, um but yeah i felt most of the fun, I, I felt most of the humor in this movie was accidental uh, yeah i agree <laughs> i agree and I, I and that's part of the reason why i don't like jackie chan it's like he's so talented he's such a good fighter but it's just these movies don't I don't like the vibe of the movies and they don't really work in my opinion, except for like police story. Um, I think that's a pretty soft. Because the other thing is like, sort of way to look at it. So, well, I'm being critical. Well, I have an opinion. I, 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 I saw that you gave this movie a three stars on letterbox and I am taking that as a personal insult. Well, the, I mean, look, there are amazing stunts in the movie. Yeah. There are just amazing stunts. It's just that, I'm not gonna. Does any does anyone actually think the plot of this movie is good? It's incredible. No, no, no one does. It's like the this movie is not about the plot or the story. So, but the other thing that's interesting about this movie is I watched the New Line version, yeah. the American release, and apparently in the Hong Kong version, they cut out a ton of things that explain elements of the film. Like mm-hmm. he's supposed to be a cop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But. In the American version, they don't even have him as a cop, so it doesn't make any sense. He's just a Chinese guy. Who's extremely good at Kung Fu. Yeah. Like, abs- like, absurdly good at Kung Fu. Yeah. yeah the other thing m- is, why no. is he always scared if he's so good at Kung Fu? He doesn't want to fight. But he's, he's- really good at Kung Fu, so why doesn't he want to fight? Well, isn't that kind of humanizing? That's the th- that's my problem with Bruce Lee a little bit too. Is like it's they, he's he too wants like, to fight. Yeah, well, he's he too. To he's like inhuman. He wants to look superhuman. And well, well, he is. I mean, he's in, he's invincible. He literally didn't die. He um, yeah kidding. yeah. He I, saw, died. I saw Dragon he's Bruce Lee story. Um, <coughs> Bruce Lee's an arrogant asshole. That's what makes him cool. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Jackie's got that. Uh, you know, uh, fucking he's, he's more relatable, I would say. Sure. Maybe also, it's a calculated he, thing, but it's also like, that's how they can be a comedic character. Comedic character wants to run away. doesn't want to fight. And, so and that also, also but that also makes his fight scenes more crazy. I think kind of how like Indiana Jones, those like as an action star, he's like kind of getting beat up during his like the action scenes and he's not just killing it and like just doing like amazing shit like it makes it more fun to watch the what i don't know what that word is but like yeah like for it to be like a struggle makes it more intense you know it's true Um, but you know one actor one of those actors is still working (laughs) and in big hollywood films and the other one is relegated to making chinese propaganda in another country <laughs> harrison ford is making chinese propaganda um yeah but so, anyway now that he can't move as much 
Well, I mean, his, his body, star has, his star has, has faded. Who knows? Right? I mean, yeah, of course. Well, he did I'm his sure. thing. He, he had his, he has his body of work and now he's doing, I watched that, uh, the one that he made with Johnny Knoxville and I could see that they were like, Oh, this movie, like on paper, I was so into what they were trying to do, but both him and Johnny Knoxville like can barely move now. And so they couldn't do the movie that they should have been able to, like if it was like 15 years ago or something like that, it would have been this amazing movie where Jackie Chan was using Johnny Knoxville as like a prop in his fight because Johnny Knoxville can't fight. So they try to do that in, in, in the movie that they made, but it's, they have to do a bunch of fake wire shit and cgi and stuff like that and like it's just uh, you know it's it's unsatisfying it makes you long for what could have been yeah there's only there's such a shelf life for, for these athletic kind of performers you know they can't they can't do it forever yeah. but damn, and also dude. the stuff the other thing that makes rumble in the bronx good is that the stunts are truly dangerous there's like totally and when you and just like police story at the end they show the end credits so you're seeing the accidents you're seeing people get hurt yeah yeah this you one know. the end the the blooper reel on this one sometimes they're fun and they like have more like mistakes in them and shit but this one is more like just people getting wrecked yeah like the girl broke her leg on the motorcycle crash yeah. where she fell on her face yeah and when jackie jumps on the hovercraft you can see his ankle like yeah he snaps in the movie that's in the movie but like yeah he you see the pain on his face yeah so you definitely got to see the blu-ray of this movie Ooh, yeah zoom in um and then the movie he made after this because he fucked his ankle up was uh like a car racing movie which is like a very clever solution to, to get him to keep working to be like oh i can just my other foot is fine like Oh, it's the, my pedal foot. Like, let's make a car racing movie. It's genius. You're just really cranking shit out. He never stopped. They definitely, Hong Kong had an amazing run of movies for like decades. And it's really sad that it's not, it's not up to, it's not doing the output anymore. And mm. I mean, the eighties and nineties, there are just hundreds and hundreds of movies coming out of one you know, like one state essentially. It's bigger than a city, but yeah, they had an coming out of like Delaware. Output. It's basically like a bunch of amazing movies coming out of Delaware. Well, it'd be like coming out of New York. It's a giant city. It's bigger than New Delaware. York City. There's Dover. You ever been to Dover? It's literally bigger it's than big. New York City. And it's <laughs> like it's new. It's like the three biggest cities. I mean, I guess it's not as big as Tokyo, but. It's pretty important um, at the time. Sure, sure. So yeah, I watched his first, the first two attempts of his to break into the American market, um, and the first one is made by that guy who did Enter the Dragon. What is uh, the name of this movie, Adam? It's called The Big Brawl, and and it it's just it sounds like sounds like the Big Boss, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's like. It's okay, but uh, yeah, it's just like not shot. It's 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 as slow and kind of clunky as like End of the Dragon feels to me, and it's just like not that. It's just like who gives a shit. Also, uh, with both of these movies, it's I think something that worked different or like 
Rumble in the Bronx. The, the Protector is the second one, and that's like that's better. It's got Danny Aiello in it, and it's not as much of a Jackie Chan movie, but it's like a pretty good like cop action movie that has some Jackie Chan shit in it. Um, but in both of those movies, he's like try, he's speaking English, and he's like doing scenes with Danny Aiello and, and stuff in English. Oh yeah, and you can tell that he's like having. Well, it's a James. It's a James Lickenhouse movie. It's, yeah trash so the big a big mistake for him was like oh i'm gonna make movies in america and then he hooks up with james glickenhouse you know the wait director. what else did that guy make he made uh the exterminator he made mcbain the movie they make fun of in the simpsons oh nice that mcbain's a movie starring christopher walken that is just completely nuts it has a scene where a character shoots a gun out of an airplane window at a helicopter and the helicopter blows up. Like it's not, it's utterly nonsensical. Nice. And uh, yeah, Robert Klaus is kind of a hack, you know, the, dude, Enter the drag, his best Enter the dragon is not, than Amber. it's not like fist of fury. Yeah. What do you mean? Fist of fury is better. Mm. The, the Hong Kong director's, are very important to these movies. Like they are the only ones who understand how to make them. You can't, you can't have, uh, that's why honestly, like, like even kill bill, which has that amazing fight scene at the end, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, that's choreographed by you would want ping. Yeah. Right. Who also choreographed the matrix and crouching tiger. And, but even Kill Bill is lifting scenes from like Fist of Fury. There's like moments, there's homages to all sorts of different movies. Like the creativity required to come up with this is like to do these, um, these fight sequences is you just have to be doing it for decades. If you really want to be at the level yeah. of like the best eighties and nineties Hong Kong action films, you got to be living it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, another thing that uh, his 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 first movies, his first two American movies had that, or it didn't have that Rumble in the Bronx has is uh, his own his his stunt team. Um, sure. And so, like he, yeah, he's kind of just like in an American production by himself and like trying to do his thing, and it's just like not you well, know. But he also doesn't really have that in Rumble in the Bronx either because, um the gang is not it's no, mostly it is. white guys for in canada right no there's i mean well there's members of his stunt team there in the um, gang there's definitely a few asian guys yeah, but like yeah. i heard that like they had to all be trained for like months to get up to snuff oh really um so yeah i mean he's like it's just he's kind of like out of his element but i think you'd like the protector actually um so the, th- the other thing that tarantino said about the way they shoot these um Hey, was this scenes? a fucking podcast about Tarantino? Well, this isn't. Well, I don't have an interview with Stanley Tong to go off of, but like oh, okay. he said, the thing he learned making Kill Bill was you have to shoot everything in order, and that means like if the camera's on one side of the room, and then you cut to the other side of the room, you have to actually move the camera to keep continuity. And like normally in an American movie, you just shoot one side of the room and then yeah, you, yeah. you do all the shots and then you go to the other side. So that that's sense. very, imp- that's very important when you have like Stanley Tong directing rubble in the Bronx, you know, uh, uh, what do you mean? 
Well, you have to have a guy who knows how to shoot this shit. Oh, sure. Also, I, I read that he, um, do, he, he does the stunts before he asks people to do them. Like he did the uh, one where Jackie jumps off like across from one roof to like the fire escape of another building. He did that. Yeah. Which is bad. Which proves all of these stunts are easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody could do them. It's not a big deal. You know? Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah. So like Rumble of the Bronx, I, I mean, it's, it's such a funny, like the non-action parts are so funny and stupid that to me, that's a plus. And I think normally you would think that's a plus too, but because it's a movie that you know I like, you don't want to, you're withholding that and loving it. Well, but you, I, look, I put you on the spot. I said, name a funny thing that Jackie Chan does in the movie. Not his cool uncle. <laughs> that uncle is cool. And you were unable to name anything. So. Oh, the mirror scene. Oh yeah. It's funny. Okay, um, the mirror scene is funny. I mean, this is like a maybe. This isn't one of his funny, funnier movies. Maybe this is one of his more gritty. It's like he's charm. It's just a charming kind of funniness, but it's not exactly. It's not exactly hilarious. It's not like sure. And also, it, because it can only it only works. You're watching these like weird physical moments. You can't really put it into words. You can't say like, "Oh, why does this work on paper?" It's like. It's just cool. He's running. He has like a bent. Um, he has. He's like running. Like I'm watching a scene where he's on like. Um, he's in the junkyard fighting these guys, or like in an alleyway, and yeah. like he has like on a bent monkey bar thing, and he's like rolling around on it, and this guy is getting knocked off on it, and this yeah. guy is like falling here, and this guy's jumping there. Like, it's a spectacle. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's very. It's just like acrobat shit. Um, you love acrobat stuff. That's the other thing I well, didn't like about cinematic Fury Road was like the acrobat stuff, like the guys on the the sticks. I mean, going that's, back and forth. The, yeah, I mean that's like uh, silly. Hiding. I mean acrobat. That's for Cirque du Soleil. What I I heard also read on IMDb, they were saying like they they even pitched calling the movie Rumble in Vancouver <laughs> because it's so <laughs> obvious like guy shot is, Vancouver. Is Vancouver. Yeah. That's and really they're funny. like, and then the producer's like, just, just call it Rumble in the Bronx. No one cares. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants you to know? go see Rumble in Vancouver. That would be so, f- it just has, it just doesn't roll off the tongue. Yeah, of course. Oh, fuck, dude. Vancouver. It's <laughs> a lot but of I mean, bad shit going down there. They did a, do a good job of, of authentically portraying the city, though, even though it was shot in Canada. They nailed it. The locations, the people. You felt like you're walking down the street in the Bronx. Yeah, the fact that there's like two white people in this movie makes it impossible to believe they're in the Bronx. Uh, why? There's more white people in the Bronx? Than... There's no white people in the Bronx. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what is in the Bronx? Hmm. There were a shit ton of gangs in the Bronx. Of course. Like the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys, like... Those like you watch with the Warriors, you like this is ridiculous. There's no gangs like this. But then you watch like I watched a documentary on like the history of gangs in the Bronx, and it was like, nope, they're like the Warriors. They, <laughs> they're all wearing matching vests and stuff. They're like wearing costumes. But the funny thing is, in the the gangs like that were like teenagers. They're like high school kids, right? 
And in Rumble in the Bronx, these are like 30-year-old gang members, like way too uh, old. Dude, no, it's a very, very uh, standard Bronx gang. Multicultural. Everybody's in their 30s. Zero. What crimes are they into? They just like, they're just in the shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just they don't being, deal just, drugs. Just having a great time. That's the only crime. A dune buggy with LED lights on it. Yeah. This is very like death it's like jackie chan's death wish too i would say like the gangs are cartoonish and oh yeah no absolutely they're absurd yeah they're just doing a lot of hooting and hollering but the gangs in death wish weren't they like killing people and they're like right right. dealing drugs (laughs) yeah these These gang hanging out having a good time they're just causing they're into vandalism it's like cky cky crew well, they're not videotaping their shenanigans. See, if they were videotaping, they could have a show on MTV. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so like the stunts in this movie are definitely the the cool thing about it. Like, what would you say is the best stunt in this movie? The best set um, piece, or like the best, like if you have to watch one scene for Rumble in the Bronx. I I guess like the um, parking garage scene. Is a good one where the the ends with him. Well, they push over that ball pit. Oh truck. yeah, what, no, it's a truck of with the funniest American <laughs> yeah. ever. It's an American guy who's a hippie, but also is wearing like a Confederate flag hat. Yeah, that's just a normal American job, you know. He just he's like the he's like I'm the play ball. I'm the ball guy. Yeah, yeah. And he goes and what he goes from town to town with a bunch of balls. It and seems like, like he's like a birthday party sort of guy. You hire him for a birthday, but why would you hire a guy that has a truck full of ball playground balls? Well, what if it was like a giant truck with like, you know, um, Chuck E. Cheese ball pit kind of balls. That'd be awesome, but it's not that. But I like that this movie is, this is it. This, this movie is a good example of like when you see another culture's racism, and this is like a Chinese, what racist Chinese people think of like a, the melting pot of America and like Which what an American is, would, job is. And Well, I think you're right to bring up Death Wish 2 and 3 because I think this gang is based on them watching yeah. those 80s action films. Yeah. Right? Like they, I mean, that's I guess why this is kind of a unique, cool Jackie Chan movie, I think, too, is because it's like, there's not other movies where he's dealing with like a gang like this. Also, the didn't didn't you think the gangsters, the mafia people, look like Reservoir Dogs? Oh gangsters. yeah, those guys are awesome. Yeah, they, they all have Uzis. They, they have they just Uzis. Fucking let them rip. Plus, they're they're um they're they have they're into stolen diamonds, which is yeah. a lot of Reservoir Dogs. Oh sure sure. Um, well, and also Reservoir Dogs is inspired by a Hong Kong action film, City on Fire. Mm. the whole robbery the whole end sequence from city on fire is just basically lifted and Damn. turned into reservoir dogs like there's, a, there's an undercover cop you know there's like all the characters from reservoir dogs except for uh chris penn and his dad nice are essentially in city on fire oh that's cool so that's like the first because he, he his movies are always like um homages yeah and that's an homage to that that's cool so my favorite stunt in Rumble in the Bronx, the one I was most impressed by, is when they tie up 
all the cables to the building yeah of the of the uh shopping market the grocery store a lot of cables and then they just completely rip apart the entire building i mean that's that's pretty impressive it is and it's also funny too it seems like well yeah you can and also you can tell the whole building is made out of like pbc pipe and (laughs) right right and like uh cardboard because the whole thing falls apart there's like no fan this building would not hold up to code sure sure it's also i can't believe they never got a scene i wonder if it got cut out where the uncle comes home and it's just like what the fuck happened to my grocery store yeah oh my god and yelling and jackie chan's like sorry yeah yeah it's fun to think about like this whole time his uncle is just like on his honeymoon banging the shit out of this lady which is a funny plot scene the yeah. plot device oh yeah the climax is pretty good too with the hovercraft which you see in the bronx a lot let's be of honest. course yeah everywhere you go in the bronx there's hovercrafts yeah that's what people mean when they say they're like taking the l or whatever they're talking about a hovercraft do you think this scene this scene is written do you think like they even had a screenplay for the last half hour of the movie? Cause I feel like it, there's so many weird physical things going on. There's so many locations. There's so many like necessary elements. Like I feel like there was probably a lot of rewriting going on where they're like, yeah, like look at this location. This is cool. Like we got to use the hovercraft. Let's just start. Yeah. Let's see the hovercraft. Like, they're like, what is that? I guess a hovercraft. Oh, we got it. Oh my God. Okay, so we have a hovercraft. We got to bring that on land. Like, we got to have. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if the hovercraft drove over a car and then Jackie Chan was in the car? And, like, yeah. I just feel like they have to be. This movie went through a very organic production where they're constantly using things that they find to make it better. And that it's very loose. That's cool. I get what I you're saying. I think that's true. I think that may be true. Or maybe they're just and really I, good at like scouting and stuff. But yeah. he has to he has to like look at the environment and well, get also, his ideas from there. If they're getting injured all the time and they're like stopping and taking breaks, you know, it probably gives the director more time to like prepare big action sequences. Totally. Which is not something I would imagine on the big bra or yeah. Yeah. That's another thing I read too, is like, they didn't let, he could only do a cut, like a take or two of things. And that's not how he works. He does like a lot of takes until he gets it. Yeah, for sure. Like there's no way. Does, I mean, like I heard that on IMDb, they said that gang brawl in the, the hideout took like 20 days to shoot. Nice. That's you a know, cool like hideout the, by the way. And and like bring it back to Kill Bill, like I think Kill Bill took forever to shoot in that giant action scene. So yeah, you gotta get Hong right. Kong, these Hong. That's why like it really helps to have the stuntmen just like paid year round because you're like, hey, we need we need yeah. a lot of stuntmen right now. I watched this thing um, called Jackie Chan My Stunts, and it shows his like uh, the plate, like his stage or like like. Pre- uh, space where him and his stunt team come up with shit and they have like like obstacles and stuff like that that they use as like stand-ins for things but they like plan all this stuff out in like this separate spot and then go and shoot like, a, like that street fighter cha- like training room uh you know when you you know when you play street fighter there's like the training room where you can practice moves like uh, that okay. kind of thing 
like an yeah yeah it's like, like that. that there's a gym and stuff and like um i don't know what they did for the cool gang hideout but that's a gang i want to be a part of that looks like a fun gang where you just you're big you're like all right guys we're gonna go to the grocery store and we're gonna take all the chips <laughs> we're gonna drink welch's apple juice because we're bad you know, like those guys are so old. They would have, they would all have so many kids, <laughs> yeah. you know, just f- getting drunk and fucking all these girls. Like yeah. gang members need money. Cause they have like bills. They have like legal fees. They're like, these guys are just like fucking around, <laughs> breaking things, having motorcycle races. And they're just like, their receding hairline is like getting, it's going pretty far back on their heads. Yeah, totally. But they're doing well for themselves. They have like pinball machines and shit. Like they're figuring it out. They're making it work. How many pinball yeah. machines do you have? Zero. Yeah. See, they, those pinball machines are also really rare, and they destroyed them. That's badass. That's punk. This is a punk gang. That's the that's the difference. I think is like you know uh, they're not they're not in like the money-making business or in like the, well, I, I mean, based the on their hideout, like, it looks like, it looks like they're stealing TVs. They're stealing like appliances and they're selling them. They could have, they're instead like, of, um, they're riding, like a robbery crew. Yeah. Instead of robbing or instead of riding their dirt bikes on cars, they could have stolen that Rolls Royce that was like parked. Exactly. And then conspicuously in this like really shady alley. Instead of just destroying the cars, they could have just stolen them. Yeah, sold them, but and that's not the I punk heard... ethos, you know. It's well, like... they're st- they're stealing appliances, but like I heard, if you want to be in a, a criminal, like stealing cars is one of the best things to do because the jail time isn't really that bad, and Compared the profit, to drugs. Is, yeah, the, the profit's pretty good. Um, little tip okay, out there okay. for our criminal nice up and comers. Yeah, if you're the guy in jail right now listening to this maybe just don't worry about that part but everyone else well my my buddy in jail is doing all right he's got three more weeks yeah he's almost out i was gonna say i feel bad because he missed the capital riots which is like one of the best like twitter twitter days ever you know like just watching that unfold live on youtube and twitter was just like was amazing uh, I told my. I wasn't. I, I was my, kind of dealing with the pregnancy stuff, so I wasn't really. Oh, another reason not to have a kid. So I was like, <laughs> earlier that week, I told my girlfriend, "I'm like, look, this is gonna be a big week for like Twitter. Like, we got the Georgia runoffs, we got uh, the Stop the Steal rally, the Electoral College confirmation. This is gonna be big." Yeah. And, and I what, just what there, was her reaction? She's like, whatever, you're stupid, you're always right. And then like I, on Wednesday, I basically sat on my couch for like 48 hours just watching all the videos of the people Damn. Decla- declaring themselves. I mean, that's the, the gangs, the gang in Reservoir, or at uh, Rumble in the Bronx is very similar to the Capitol Riot guys. Like they just don't, they don't have a plan. Yeah. They're destroying things. They're very open about it. Yeah, and Capitol riot protesters are just like drinking Snapple that they didn't pay for in Nancy Pelosi's office. Well, yeah, they're like, look, I got Nancy Pelosi Snapple. Ooh, I'm drinking it. And yeah, I understand. Like, 
Holy shit, no, they, they are. The, this is the, this gang is the capital protesters. Like the cops would have come down so hard over this gang. Yeah, because they're just like these guys are fucking clowns. Like, who cares? Let's just throw like throw them in jail. Yeah, like they're broadcasting it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was awesome. I feel bad for my buddy in prison, like or in jail, like. What just he didn't have access to uh, Twitter <laughs> that day? He didn't get to see all the fun and shenanigans and the memes and like the Buffalo guy. Like, I wonder, like, does he know? I'm sure he they, like he told me they they all get tablets now, okay, like, once a week for good behavior, and that's what you get to you get like three hours of tablet time. Oh, that's honestly that's like a very healthy amount of social media, I would say. And then um, we should all be in that routine. And then it, and then you get to like, yeah, I guess you get to use the internet and you get to like watch movies for three hours. That sounds great. I want to go to jail. Well, there's also like a whole TikTok jail uh, oh, nice. trend going nice. on right now. Wait, what? How so? What are they doing? They're just, just broadcasting. Like they're TikToks. like broadcasting themselves. Yeah, in in jail. That's cool. They showing like their giant asses and stuff. Like they do like videos like how to cook. Like this is what we cook, and they like okay, make their cool. their prison meals with like the white, like the hacked um, light bulb electricity because they don't have electrical outlets. They can only use the electricity from like the light system, and they like wire that, and that's how they like warm water. Okay, they just take a a, a wire out of a light bulb. That honestly sounds like the best thing that's actually on TikTok because anything else you see on TikTok is, I mean, if it's like some like hot girl doing stuff, but otherwise it's like just really shitty comedy, but this sounds like it's useful and interesting. Yeah. I wonder if there's other subcultures that are using it. That would be interesting to see their, yeah, their trends, you know, how they yeah. cook. I mean the, the skateboarding Fleetwood Mac guys, that's actually like an, in, like an interesting TikTok video. And, and also I think the, the thing I like about that video is that he's not, he's not doing that aggressive TikTok thing where it's just like, I got to entertain you like immediately. Yeah. It just has this cool vibe. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think more TikToks need to have one long shot, one cool vibe. Hell yeah. Um, well, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, should we talk about all the rocks? Yeah. I mean, I'm waiting for you to, you you wanted to pick this movie. This was like you love Jackie Chan. I figured you would have endless things to say about it. Um. Well, I mean, what is? <laughs> not really. I guess <laughs> I was kind of like, why did I pick this movie? <laughs> but I I love this movie, and I can watch. I watch this movie. I've seen this movie a lot, and I think it inspired me to get into to take kung fu lessons, which worked out great for me as a middle schooler. Um. But I don't know. I, 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 so it's a really watchable movie, I think, because of this funny dubbing, because of this like bizarre Chinese version of an inner city in America. Um, and, and because the stunts are awesome. Well, this also is him. This is a real Hong Kong movie made in America. Yeah. Or and, Canada. <laughs> Canada. And when you got that, before you know with the protector and mm. stuff it was watered down so i think i i mean i just really love hong kong action films and yeah. 
they, I find they typically always work and they're always entertaining, even when they're completely, completely ridiculous because they're always very fast paced. Yeah. The stunts are amazing and they don't really bullshit. So totally. I was expecting this movie, having not seen it, to be like a stupid American film. To be mm. like, I didn't realize Stanley Tong directed it. I didn't realize it was so. And so oh, I see. Like, the truth is, you can probably watch any Hong Kong action movie and be entertained. They're almost always good. It's yeah, well, the they're doing crazy shit. It's like mm. the most consistent output of any region in the world. Okay. Okay. In my opinion, like they don't, they don't, there's not that many. I mean, like you have Wong Kar Wai making like the art house movies, but they don't do a lot of art house movies. And yeah, there's a lot of dramas, but when it comes to their action movies, they're the best. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Like when you see these, when you see his American, those American attempts and also his movies, like, you know, the fucking Brett Ratner movies and stuff that he did where they're not doing, they're not shooting this fights or the stunts in the Hong Kong style where they like under crank the camera, like two frames and it makes everything like feel like really fast and real. And like, then they're, and they're not like juicing the sound design a little bit with like hit really good, like hits and stuff. And like, it's just like these little touches that, that make like such a huge difference. And so it makes sense that this one would be the one that he like broke in with. Uh, but I also feel like it's the, like this is such a good one for him because it also like introduces him to an American audiences in the movie. Like with that scene, it's, you know, he's like a guy coming from China to America and then he's doing that scene with like the wooden dummy and totally. he's doing like, like stand uh head st- handstand push-ups and totally like whenever a foreign actor comes and makes an american film they need to have a scene where they get off the airplane <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was that the was thing like, that was missing from the other ones <laughs> that's why the terminator works so well is because he just like appears in an electrical bubble yeah like an like, like a foreign person like how do they get to where to our land you're like whoa this is uh this guy's a robot from the future. Yeah. Okay. He's here. Yeah. Um, so I think that like, yeah, that's, that seems to be like why it really like was successful. I think um, in addition, well, the like, location, it's cool the location stuff, but, is a huge part of it. Yeah. Well, protector is actually like a better, it's like a real looking version of New York. It's in New York, of course, but like it just feels you know, it's kind of funny that, that that Rumble in the Bronx is like the New York movie that was good, and it's like a fucking cartoon Canadian Hong Kong interpretation of that. But you get the real, you get the real distilled Jackie Chan, yeah, action. You know, you're not getting the Diet Coke version. Also, he did a like, yeah, Rumble in the Bronx is like the the whole movie is du- like all versions are dubbed because there's everybody speaking their like native language in scenes together. Um, like right. Jackie Chan was like, I'm not going to try to learn English again. I suck at it. So he, there's scenes where he's having, having, he's like speaking Chinese to a, uh, to actors that are talking in English to him. And yeah, that's, the way the, that's like the Italians would do that. Yeah. Also him 
he like him dubbing his own voice in English, I think was a good move because it makes him, it works as, like with the story in Rumble in the Bronx because he's a Chinese guy that speaks broken English, but like it also makes him, it's like a charming thing about Jackie Chan is like, he's this, he kind of fumbles with English as a second language and like, it, it just sounds, you know, it just makes him seem like a, that's another humanizing thing about him. Bruce well, Lee would be thing, like, I speak perfect English. Yeah. Well, I guess well the other American. thing is like, they continued this theme with rush hour in Shanghai noon by always making him like, he's a guy from China. Right. They never made him yeah. seem like they, they didn't do the Schwarzenegger thing where it's like, hi, my name is Doug Quaid. I am uh, yeah. an American. I, uh, you know, like American Joe. Yeah. Like it's good to make him a fish out of water. And yeah, that's really totally. the formula that stuck with Jackie Chan in America. It's like, yeah, he's a fish out of water. Totally. You know? He's he's so cool. And then like Jet Li comes along and they're like, all right, enough Jackie Chan. We gotta make Jet Li the new guy. Yeah. And I remember I remember actually when Jet Li was in Lethal Weapon 4, like the first scene where he displays his stuff. I remember when I saw that movie in the theater and people were like, well, holy shit, this is crazy. Cause he was like faster than Jackie Chan. And it's like you don't you haven't seen that before. And like these are star making moments when you see that these guys do these crazy things. Cause you hadn't seen that before as an, in an American movie. It's like a spectacle. It's like a reason to go to see the movie. Yeah. And out of all these guys, Jackie Chan, you know, he kind of wrote it longer than all the other ones. Like he wrote it longer than Jet Li and Chow Yun Fat because, well, because those guys are serious and, the, and they just couldn't make the movies for them. Can you imagine a, a comedy with Jet Li? That sounds hilarious. You know, uh, Jet Li is, uh, and Jack Black are uh, yeah. in the IRS, and they got to do the, the taxes. Honestly, for. Jet Li has, like, no personality, I, I feel know, like. That's a, that, that's a real weakness on his part. Yeah. Um, I like Tony Jaa. He's cool because he, like, that whole, like, thing after Ong Bak, he went, and he like didn't like being famous and he like went and like lived in the jungle and like meditated for a year or something like that. He did some crazy Buddhist thing and then he was talked out of it, I guess. But like, you know, he seems like he got uh, talked. He got talked out of it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why he then came back and just started doing movies again, but maybe he was uh, like, I'm ready to do another movie again. He kind of had a Chappelle moment. You're like, Hey, let me talk you out of this. <laughs> um, but yeah like that was his why are you thing. meditating you need to be in monster hunter yeah he's in the new monster hunter movie um i don't know what that is but it sounds dumb. a video game from the uh, director of is that a uh, resident ja evil is that a japanese video game yes yeah but uh it's a it's a big movie and it got in trouble because uh, they made a joke in the trailer about chinese chai knees like about like someone's knee okay and, and then like it, it erupted into this um, huge controversy online and cancel monster hunter they canceled it in china it was they right now during covid it can't play in any theaters in the world except for like china because of so the, the chai knees joke joke what's the joke again can you can you uh i don't even know it i, I don't remember okay but like 
it's just so funny that like, what kind of knees are those? Chinese? (laughs) It's just a pun. And it just, they were probably doing it to like placate and play to the Chinese audience. And they're just like, yeah, I don't like to (laughs) be made fun of, you know, like, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, they didn't like the Bruce Lee thing. Yeah. His daughter, uh, pushed against it. So it was fun in the eighties, you know, like in the eighties, every Chinese and Japanese character in a movie was just like a horny guy with a camera. Mm -hmm. And these Mm -hmm. are like big movies, like with big stars. And they just would do this. This was like the playbook. And then these white Americans are just now realizing like, Oh, they can't just make fun of them. Oh, I see. They don't like that. Got Did you ever it. see Breakfast at Tiffany's? <laughs> uh, yeah, I have. I know what you're talking about. Mickey Rooney. I mean, that's absurd. Yeah, that's very nuanced and thoughtful. You know what's that, crazy that is, uh, speaking of like uh, like uh, wearing a different race, is uh, have you ever seen there's an Othello adaptation with David or Lawrence Olivier? Okay. And, he and he's got, in blackface? Well, he, he's in serious blackface and he is he was nominated for best actor and it's from the 60s it's so fucking crazy maybe so he was just doing a really good blackface performance seems like i mean it's like it literally looks like tropic thunder nice nice Um, it's so nuts but yeah 1965 what he's uh you know our understanding of race is constantly evolving. Yes. But a movie like Rumble in the Bronx can really show you that it, we're all the same, you know? Well, the truth is this movie does have a good take on race and it has a positive depiction of a multiracial marriage yes. that I think is actually, um, I think will hold up well in the future. I agree. Yeah. They're wearing, remember how cute they look when they show up and they're wearing the same outfits as they're about to go on their honeymoon. It's great. Yeah. There could, it would be great if there was a little, if this movie was American, you definitely would have seen them on their honeymoon. Yeah. And they would have had like, they would be checking in. Well, they'd be like checking in like, Hey, is uh, the grocery store? Okay. And Jackie Chan would be like, Oh God. Yeah. Uh Oh, Oh, everything's great. He's like, what's that noise? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. There's no time for that in this movie. So they didn't show any of that. So I think you're, I think we're ready for a spinoff. Like Ooh, what was going yeah. on with, with the dirty sex, you know? Yeah. We should write fan fiction of that. A really erotic fan fiction of Jackie's uncle and aunt on their honeymoon. I imagine when they have sex, like the uncle, he like goes cross-eyed and goes, Oh, like right when he comes. Like, yeah. <laughs> Cause that's, that's what kind of character he is. Yeah. And then I definitely think the woman is insatiable. Yeah. You know, she's a size queen. That's why she married him. Oh yeah. He just has a huge hog. Uncle Bill. It would have been great if there was a scene where Jackie Chan walked in and she would just like, was jerking off his like 10 inch boner. <laughs> yeah. And Jackie Chan's like, Oh, like close the door. Doesn't want to see that. And then like his, one of his girls comes over. Yeah. He's like, let's get out. And then the uncle's like, Jackie, come here. I can't get it down. There's too much blood flowing. <laughs> and Jackie has to suck him off to completion. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. If that was in the Hong Kong version. 
Probably. And you had it. Would he do that kind of stunt work? Oh, that's a good question. Do you really do your own stunts, Jackie? Let's find out. Let's find out how committed you are to that. Um, imagine if one of the if Jackie Chan just like got paralyzed in one of these movies, like halfway through. <laughs> and they, and yeah, they like they had to finish the movie. And he's just like in an, a body cast. Yeah. Being wheeled around the whole time. And it's just like they're like, all right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get like Sammo Hung. Okay, and he's gonna come in and he's just gonna like he's gonna be the hospital worker who has to like push his wheelchair around. Yeah. And then the whole movie was just Sammo Hung pushing Jackie Chan's limp body into sounds- like gangsters, like pushing them off parking lots. Structures. Oh, yeah. Or like he just takes his he just takes his wheelchair and just like pushes him and he has to go across the gap between the two buildings. <laughs> and he just like it's just Jackie Chan in a wheelchair, just like haphazardly falling yeah and landing that'll be the last jackie chan movie he's just like he's just like neck is broken yeah during like a freak stunt mishap (laughs) i mean he has broken his neck i think i think he broke in the armor of god he like fell like he was jumping to a tree and it broke and the branch broke and he fell but i mean he has to be a he has to be a drug addict, right? Like, there's no way you can be this injured and not yeah. be on pills. Yeah, the last honestly, the last movie he should make, he should die during. How awesome would that be? Oh, that would be hilarious, dude. <laughs> no, just, just like cool. Just like drop him off a building. Yeah, that's that's his last stunt. And he just like, I mean, they would like because like he's already fallen off a building. They've shown him. Remember in Police Story, he falls off the like down the mall, yeah, and all the lights and through the broken glass. Like, if he didn't have to survive, <laughs> he could I'm do an sure amazing this, stunt, like an amazing stunt he's never done before. Like something. Yeah. Come on, Jackie, time is running out. I mean, like Super Cop, you know, the motorcycle stunt. Like, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, is a stunt good if the guy dies? No, it's not. <laughs> int- it's like. Then you're just killing a guy. That's just manslaughter. Yeah, it's just death. Just snuff. Um, yeah, you know what? I think here's the ultimate stunt, I think. Okay. Uh, Jackie Chan is in between two cars on a highway. His arms and legs are held by gangsters. Okay. okay? And the two cars have to keep the same speed, you know. Mm as they go through the highway and he's just like hitting, you know, people like motorcycles and like Mm -hmm. there's like poles in the way. And then at the very end, like the two cars have to like split in half and his body has to be ripped in half. Oh yeah. That'd be awesome. And it's just his head just like rolls and goes into like a, like a tree grinder, like a branch. <laughs> just make sure that there's no way he could, he could be saved. And like his girl, it just hits like Maggie Chung, like in the face, like all the gore, all the yeah. blood. Yeah. And she's just like, you wrecked my outfit. And it's like police story five or whatever. Yeah. And then the blooper reel starts playing <laughs> with the music. Yeah. With like the Kung Fu pop punk Kung Fu song. And it's like, and they like, you see him like scoop up his body and all the the blood and they just like put it in like a little, a little coffin and they're yeah. like, they like salute it and they're like all, and they're like sad, but they're happy because the shot is perfect. And like, yeah, 
and then it cuts up and then like the camera goes up and you see in heaven like the sky and you see in heaven jackie chan just gets like a thumbs up looking into the camera oh my god i would cry i'd be crying in the theater that would be an amazing stunt (laughs) that would be pretty good bye everyone bye thanks